All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sam.gov Bids Live episode number 28, where we walk through small business solicitations together on Sam.gov, and we answer your questions along the way so that you can get started bidding and winning contracts on your own for your new small GovCon business. Today, we will be reviewing five small business solicitations that I've pulled up on Sam that we will be jumping into in just a second, okay? But if you are new here and you don't want to miss future Sam.gov bids episodes, consider subscribing to the channel and clicking that notification bell so that you can ask your questions live on future streams when you may be you know, going through a bid or have questions coming up and you're stuck. These are the type of questions that we can field uh, while we go live. That's why we do it live. And if you do happen to be someone who has recently registered your business in Sam.gov and you're looking to get started bidding, check out my website, govkidmethod.com for free and paid resources that were designed to support new federal contractors just like you guys. And hello to everybody who's uh, jumped on. Uh, good morning and good afternoon for some. What I'm going to be doing here is giving you a sneak peek to get started, uh, just so you know what type of bids we're going to be going over today. And what I'd like to know if you guys are in the chat, if this is your first live, let me know in the chat first live, but also, also let me know what uh, part of the country you are from. So what state are you going to be representing today? Let me know that in the chat. <clears throat> KW, I won my first contract for snow and ice removal services. Let's go, KW. Kicking the stream off with a win literally a win that is amazing and it looks like we also have something in common as you probably know uh, my first contract was for uh, the the road salt um so that is uh, super awesome like i said we need to get a buzzer or something on this channel so that when people do win contracts we can make a bigger deal out of it because it is it's it's something that you just want to you want to share you want to celebrate and you want to be with a community who really gets it because not a lot of people in your circle probably care because they don't even know what that is. I care a lot. We care a lot. So again, congrats, KW, one more time on your your very first win here. Awesome. We've got Shatha, first time from New Jersey. Welcome and thanks for joining us, representing New Jersey. Let's go. And guys, let's go ahead and just take a sneak peek at the bids we're going to be looking at today. Now, you're going to see that we do have a little bit of a, a trend going on today. Uh, it wasn't by design, but once I noticed it, I was like, let's screw it. Let's just go all in. So the first uh, bid we're going to be looking at is this SL, uh, WL 2023 park attendance. This is looking like warm bodies to me, like staffing. Um, we're going to see this is going to be for USACE, the Army Corps. But then after that, all the rest of the bids today, it's going to kind of be the theme for the day is going to be uh, hotel lodging and events, okay? So if that's something you're curious about, you're interested in, uh, today is your day. And if it's not, you still have something to learn because all bids are different. So stick with me either way. So the first hotel lodging one is going to be for our, uh, looks like our first yellow ribbon. So force support squadron yellow ribbon event. Number two though, we have a joint yellow ribbon event out of Washington state. So they're going to be very similar. Strong bonds event. Okay, guys, these events are starting to kick off. That is what the trend is here for the start of the um, 
the calendar new year. So strong bonds event out of March, 2023. And then we have a hotel lodging for USFWS uh, refugees LE. So that is the lineup. We'll get to see the difference in terms of the solicitation, but also the requirements, what contracting is going to be asking from you. Let's go ahead and check in with the chat. We definitely are alive today. KW with the win. I'm located in Minnesota, but my contract is based in Asheville, North Carolina. Awesome. Dr. Leticia, one of our bid team members is here. What's going on? Good morning, St. Cloud, Florida. Good to see you. Good to see you. JNS Adventure. Um, hey, Jason. Hey, it's Derek. Uh, I guess you can call me Jason. Um, uh, this is Jonathan Milkovich from the bid team. <laughs> Jonathan, come on, man. You know, you know, I'm Derek. You know, I'm not Jason. Bid team representing. Let's go. Multiple bid team members on the live stream today. <clears throat> uh, Coco, I'm also new subscribed two days ago. Awesome. And welcome for the welcome to the channel. And this is probably your first live stream that you're catching. So welcome. Happy to have you here. Um, Coca, see Coca. Yes. Uh, Kevin Zalico. Hey, Kevin here from LA. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, Kevin. I appreciate that, man. All right, Mo Better TV. We got a uh, a regular Sydney from uh, Illinois with Exquisite Procurement Solutions. Yes, yes. And congrats on winning your first contract over to KW. Yeah, guys, if you didn't catch it, can we get some claps? Can we get some chat, uh, some claps in the chat rather for KW's uh, first win? I kind of announced that a little bit early, but it was the first comment on the stream today. Got Black Mamba. Hello from Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> Hawaii. Uh, Ohio. Got that kind of reversed. Kamel Christie. Kamel and Omar, first time from Maryland. Awesome. Welcome, welcome. Innovative Nationwide Solutions. First time catching you out of New York. New York, representing New York. Innovative Nationwide Solutions. Awesome. <laughs> JNS, my bad, was on the phone with my buddy Jason. <laughs> that makes that actually makes total sense. So I'll let you off the hook just this one time. <laughs> All right, awesome guys. MMIMS at GovCon. We've got uh, CV from Florida. Awesome guys. Welcome everybody. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and get into it after that awesome, uh, awesome kickoff to the episode today. Kicking it off with a win. What better way to kick it off than with a win? Let me back up one more here. Okay, so zoom in so you guys can see a little bit better. Today, the first bid, number one, SWL 2023 park attendance. We have no idea what this means yet. I told you, I'm thinking it's warm bodies. Uh, forgot to say, in case you don't know, this is your first stream. I don't look at any of these ahead of time, okay? Uh, that way, we can kind of keep it raw and real for you as we go through them, because that's what you're going to be experiencing when you go through this on your own on SamNetGov, trying to find bids for your own business. So we'll go through it together. I just pull stuff off that looks good or interesting. Or if I see a trend and we go through it, that's really all the focus that I put in. Other than that, these are all small business contracts. That's the only other thing that unites them. Okay, so let's go ahead. So this is for the Army Park Attendance Services. This is due January 25th. So you've got just under a week to respond to this. We can see this is small business set aside. They are doing uh, RV parks and campgrounds. NAICS code on this. Again, interesting because this could be warm bodies, but this is park attendance. 
So they they could have went more with the staffing NAICS code. Instead, they went more with the RV NAICS code, which I always say if you're new and you're getting started setting up your searches, doing a prospecting system, we're big believers in systems here on this channel and in the community. So if you're building out a prospecting system to find bids that are going to be a close match for your business, you're going to get started out with NAICS codes and keywords, putting those into the SAM.gov advanced search. But you're going to need to do a, a dialing in process, meaning some of the next codes you thought were going to be a match are not. And then you're probably missing some as well. And this is a little bit counterintuitive, which is why nobody gets it 100%, right? It's something that you're going to have to constantly dial in to, to find that sweet spot for your searches in your prospecting system. So this we know this is Little Rock, uh, Arkansas. <clears throat> And then we have two attachments we're working with, the solicitation and the one amendment, not many documents. We have Brandy Wright in contracting along with Joseph Daniels. Guys, the secondary POC is typically the contracting officer. The primary POC here, point of contact, is usually the contracting specialist. They're the ones to field more of the questions, the administrative burden. Uh, the, the KO or the CO is usually behind the scenes, maybe directing things, doing the final signature. They're the ones that are warranted to obligate government funds, not necessarily the specialist. I'm just telling you how it usually goes. It's not necessarily always that way. But um, when you see a first and a second, usually, again, the second is is the, the officer and the primary is the more administrative role. All right. So let's go ahead and just dive into the solicitation. I know we're kind of taking a while to get to this, but I do expect that these are not going to be too, uh, too time consuming. <clears throat> However, with that said, we are just kicking it out of the gate here with the 260 page solicitation. And again, what is this? This is with the Army, uh, Army Corps, excuse me. Okay, so we know this is due the 25th, just under a week, required documents to submit, a request for quotation cover page. Quote schedule, we'll have to see about that. And then the signed amendments. Um, and the amendment is the second attachment, so we will be getting to that as well. When submitting your quote, be uh, be please, okay, it's a typo. Uh, please make sure the solicitation number is written in the subject line or on the outside of the envelope if you're going to mail it in. Good stuff. You'll be filling this out for your company. 260 pages, it is quite lengthy. Usually we see about half of this. So I'm not sure exactly what's going on. Maybe they have multiple wage determinations in here. Something like that. We have our statement of work. They, what I'm kind of looking for to get started with to see is to see like just like the rough and dirty of what this what this is, like approximately. Because I'm already guesstimating that it's warm bodies. I think it's a staffing contract. I'm coming to the statement of work here just to get a better idea. So it says unique requirements for individual positions are included in the specific park sheets. If there's a conflict between the information, uh, da, 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 park attendant services to be accomplished under this contract shall be in accordance with the PWS. Okay. Boilerplate stuff. Um, let's see. This is a non-personal services contract to provide park attendant services within the Little Rock District. Okay. We we're still kind of in the preliminary stuff, so we're going to keep going objectives park attendant services following specifications okay I mean, they're just pointing to other parts of the document 
park attendant team. Most positions under this contract require a two-person contractor team. So I am curious how many people are staffed here? How many positions? Both members, they're, they're saying teams though, and each team consists of two adults. Both members must be identified on the SF-1449 and shall, uh, work shall be performed by the identified two-person team. Okay. Park attendants are categorized as one of five types, fee attendant, cleaning attendant, combination attendant, relief attendant, or park host attendant. So this is giving us a bit of a, a insight, a bit of a clue into the type of, of teams or type of categories that these people or like duties, these people could be asked to perform. So that helps a little bit. And, and we may not ever find out, like they may not tell us did the exact number of bodies, the exact number of hours. It will be helpful when we go to look at the pricing for this, what's required, because they may be drilling down on that. We're not 100% sure. It could be more of an IDIQ, indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity, where the government's wanting you to recommend, wanting you to tell them, as you being the expert, what you think it should take. However, there may already be incumbent employees doing this work, and it would be more of a, a carryover contract. Could kind of could be either. So I'm just going to pick up the pace since this is a lengthy document, and I'm looking for some of these specific things that we're talking about. We are still in the statement of work, so we know where we're at. Some definitions. <clears throat> I would be keeping an eye out for specific duties or tasks. This is government furnished property. So anything the government will be providing on the contract guys and then contractor furnished items. That's the difference. Government furnished is what the government's going to provide, whether it's desk, chairs, computers, and then contractor furnished, whether it's uniforms, badges, um, you know, could be potentially like cleaning products. We're, we're not hundred percent sure. Okay, this is the specific tasks part, 52 pages in, okay, we've, we've got here. And if you guys have specific questions, I forgot to say it, specific questions, put those in the chat. And the way that we handle this is we go from bid to chat onto the next bid onto the next chat. So we bounce back and forth. So don't think that we're not going to get back to you. Um, we just take it one bit at a time and we answer questions and then we, we operate that way, okay? So if you got something, just put it in the chat. Now is the perfect time. But again, specific tasks, what they've called out are those, it appears to be those groups. So there is a bit of logic. We can follow with what contracting, the way they've written this, the way they want you, the small business to read this in terms of the positions, okay? They're hitting on the fee attendance. Remember, those were one of those major areas. Cleaning attendance, okay? That was another one. Grounds, amenities, don't remember seeing that, but that could be something else. Park host attendance, that was one. Okay, combination and relief attendance. Okay, so they're, they broke out each of those categories and they're talking about the specific task. So to me, even more so, I'm feeling even more justified in thinking like, okay. They're saying teams require a minimum of two people, two adults. They're giving us five different areas. Does that mean 10 people? Possibly. Okay, if it's one team per area, maybe these are the, some of the thoughts that I'm having. We don't have all the information yet, but I would say this is like putting together a puzzle. We get the pieces and we work with those pieces as we uh, as we get them.
Okay, background information. We're still rolling here. Hours of work. Giving us maps. So what do we have here? Okay, so we're hit with a pricing table. Okay, this is a little bit out of sorts, okay? Because we're hit with a pricing table and it's kind of like in the middle of nowhere of the solicitation. It's kind of in no man's land. But one thing that does stick out is they are talking, I see they've bolded a specific location, River Road Park, Clearwater Lake. And if you remember at the very beginning of this, I speculated and I still don't know, but I speculated that this document may be 260 pages because there's multiple locations, whether that means there's multiple wage determinations stuffed in here, or there's just multiple different breakdowns for different areas. So the fact that they've broken it out this way, I think it is very possible that we're going to see additional pricing tables or addition, additional locations, not 100% sure. So for this pricing table, they have base, heavy, clean, base, Routine cleaning, heavy clean, routine cleaning, heavy clean, uh, routine cleaning. Okay. So it's base, base, option one, option one, option two, option two, two tasks, heavy clean and routine cleaning. This is for River Road Park, Clearwater Lake. Then they give us the park sheet, park attendance for this one. Now I'm just double checking here. We see a similar table, similar, it's not exactly the same, but we see a different location. This is for DeQueen Lake, Bella Mine. They're saying 125 days, base with option one and option one. Okay, so we don't have the additional time period like we did on the other one that we just looked at. And they're also not telling us the duty like they did before with the deep clean and the routine clean, they didn't tell us with that, but they do give us the specific uh, park sheet. Okay. And then it looks like we're going to carry on this way as well. Okay. So we've got Gillum Lake pricing table, Gillum Lake pricing table B. Okay. So that is why this is more of a lengthy document. And it's actually, it makes for a pretty darn good contract because we are looking at a minimum of a number of locations, different locations, possible different wage determinations, uh, but we're supporting this Little Rock, you know, Arizona area. And so as we gain this additional information, we continue to put this piece uh, puzzle together with these pieces and it starts to make more sense. So I'm just going to pick up the pace a little bit now, guys. Um, okay, more pricing table. Uh, what is this? 164. Okay, this is Mountain Home Project. Okay, so we're still being hit with locations. Okay, location after location. Lots of locations. Lots of locations. I mean, this is actually a much larger contract than I thought it was going to be. It's like, holy smokes, right? Uh, if it's this many locations, okay, and then we're hit with the wage determinations. Okay, we talked about that. So now we are seeing this. Guys, I've not looked at these ahead of time. I promise it's just the way makes sense. So we're going to be hit with for the, all these different locations, the different WDs, and that's why the solicitation is 260 pages long. So we are now we have enough information to be validated that that is exactly what was going on with this. So that actually makes perfect sense. I feel very solid about the <clears throat> excuse me about the progression of going through that. We do, however, have the amendment, we're just going to take a quick glance, we've already spent um, some time on this. 
And then we're going to bounce over to the chat, guys. We're going to say hello to you guys in the chat, see if you have questions, see what's going on, and then we'll keep it rolling, okay? Don't forget for amendments, guys, you always have to um, print a sign and date. You have to formally acknowledge amendments. So they're like, the question that I get a lot is, hey, do I do the amendment or do I do the original SF1449 form or if it's a 1442 or whatever it is? You do both, okay? So you have to formally acknowledge amendment. That way, the contracting knows that not only did you see the original documentation, but oh, by the way, here's some additional information, okay? Maybe there were changes made to the solicitation or maybe there were questions posted. Maybe there were changes in the, the deadline due date, okay? Formally acknowledging is required with your response. So it's an additional attachment when you email off your documents, you have to email the amendment with your signature on it. And this is, okay. This is like a very, a very lengthy amendment. So we're just gonna read it right here. The purpose of this amendment is to add one additional part. <laughs> okay, we, we don't have enough. We wanna add one more. We wanna add Ants Creek uh, A. I don't know if it's Appendix A, but we want to add Ants Creek to this as well. Additionally, we want to edit the park-specific sheets and the bid sheets for the Martin Home Project office uh, and the Millwood Trial Lakes office, okay? And then so they go on for the next uh, 34 pages to, to do that and reflect that. So this updated info is what you're going to need to move forward with this bid. That's why it's super important, guys, that you are always checking for updates, up, uh, checking for new information, even just for questions and answers to be posted on the SAM.gov listing page. That's why you want to follow. You want to click that follow. I believe it's watch. Click the watch button on, on, on any bid that you're working on. That way, even if you don't manually go and check it every single day, if there is a change, if there's an update made, you will get an email uh, basically saying, hey, changes are made. You want to check it out? You click on it. And then it's like, oh, okay, we got a new document. We've got an amendment. We've got something, okay? So it's a good uh, best practice to implement in your uh, small business, okay? So let's get caught up here in the chat, guys. We've got so much going on. Where did I leave off? Awesome. All right, Trading Collective says Stream is getting promoted right now, by the way. <laughs> Stream, uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, wonder where it's getting promoted at, but I love to see it. Love to see it. Thanks for letting me know that because I don't obviously get to see that. So, um, yes, good morning, good morning. That's awesome. Tori Johnson, finally caught alive. Let's go, Tori Johnson. Yes, you did. We are live. I'm trying to do a better job at notifying everybody to let you all know when it's going to be happening. We've got Seacoca. Uh, Do you have multiple companies with different NAICS codes to be eligible to submit proposals for different contracts? <clears throat> what I typically recommend is um, something I've been kind of preaching for a couple of years now, which is what I call an, an umbrella approach. And I have a few videos here on the channel. So I recommend that you group like and complementary services because if you come into government contracting and I always pick on like notary services, and say, okay, I'm going to build my whole business around notary services. Okay, you may find that there is not enough bids, enough money being pumped into that uh, specific area for you to build an entire business around. So, if you wanted to say do notary services, and when there are bids for that to come out, you can respond to those for sure. But what are other like, kind, and uh, similar and complementary services to that to say build a you know professional services? 
business, right? So professional services becomes your umbrella and say you have four, five, six different niches, different areas that are not so different that when someone asks you what you do, you have to explain that you do construction, but you also do, you know, laundry services. And you're just like, it's a real hard uh, elevator pitch to get, right? But if instead you have an umbrella, something that unites things to make sense and it keeps you focused, but it also gives you enough bandwidth so that you're always finding bids to go after. Okay, this is the umbrella strategy that I, I've been preaching for a couple of years. Um, that is the way to go. Typically, if you already have a couple of companies registered and, you know, say one is cyber and one is, I don't know, something totally different than cyber. If you want to do that, that's fine. But it's not my recommendation to go out and create multiple small businesses and register them separately just for the sake of I'm going to have this one do this one, have this one do this one. I'd rather you focused. I'd rather have your your efforts have a synergy that build um and, and that is what the umbrella strategy offers that I explained. So hopefully that adds some insight. It's a great question. It's something that we see a lot for uh, new GovCons entering the space. So I prefer to get you on what I think is the, the best path so that you don't find yourself with either too much or too little. We wanna get you in that sweet spot as soon as possible so that you're super focused and so that you start bidding and winning. Like that's that's what we do. We bid and we win here. That's what we, we focus on. SJ Athens, Georgia. I'm on step seven outlining bids. And I think that I will join a group because it's kind of scary on my own. Absolutely, SJ. Um, if you're referring to bid team, definitely reach out to us, support at govkidmethod.com or just send us your application at govkidmethod.com. If I'm reading that correctly, uh, we certainly love to uh, have a chat with you, see if it's going to be a good fit. Um, it can be scary and peace of mind, confidence, uh, or even having me, like we have a secure portal submit your response to me first okay and i can give you feedback on that whatever you need to tweak before you send it to contracting that's just one of the the, the many things that we do on bid team if you're talking about confidence sheldon jenkins first time live viewer awesome welcome sheldon been watching your videos for a while you are doing a great job hey thank you so much sheldon i really really appreciate that and um sheldon's from linkedin which is great because we do multi-stream to youtube and linkedin and our bid team members on our facebook group um, so really appreciate that, Sheldon. Thanks for joining us. And uh, I'm glad to hear that you've been enjoying the videos for a while, it sounds like. We've got Gambo Hussan. Hello, guys. What's going on? Jake Krauss. What if you submit your bid, but before the deadline and extra amendments are added, how do you uh, reconcile that? Uh, you could just send a follow-up email to contracting. Uh, it sounds, though, like you would be submitting really early if you were encountering that. And that's okay. Um, just take the amendment, formally acknowledge it, and then send it to kind of like a, a, a reply or a forward to the email where you initially, like the email thread that you initially submitted your bid on so that contracting sees that that's part of that. And then when you do that, also, also make sure that you confirm receipt. So you wanna make sure contracting received that, they wanna, you wanna make sure that they know that it's for your company. So that is what you should do. Also, just pick up the phone and try and call them. Not all of them uh, answer, but you can certainly do that as well. Trading Collective says, front page of YouTube discovery. What? That's insane. That is actually crazy. Uh, thank you so much for that feedback. That is awesome. Um, Sheldon says, do SDVOSBs have the same nine-year lifespan as 8A? No. So SDVOSB, 
um, does not have a, a term. So there are no term limits. The, the 8A, the SBA 8A program is the only program with term limits that are, are time. Okay. For example, uh, HubZone can have limits, but it's, it's more based on residency. Okay. And how many of your employees, if you, if you break that, uh, what I, I forget what it is, 32, 35% of, uh, employees residing in a hub zone, in addition to your business being housed in a, in a hub zone, right, then you outgrow that and you lose it. And that could happen in one year or nine years or 20 years or never for the hub zone. But for the 8A, yes, it's nine years and you're done if you make it through all the nine years. Uh, but for the SDVOSB, there's there's not. Uh, I believe you have to re-verify every so often, um, but that's it. There's no like, and there's no kicking out unless you're not able to like successfully verify or or something happens. See, Coco, thanks, underrated channel. Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Firas, uh, which services are the easiest to bid on and with the most opportunity? I don't really answer that question because my goal is to not give you guys some sort of easy path. I'm anti get rich quick. This is not a side hustle. This is not anything like that. Um, this is a business that takes time to build. And so the answer I usually give to this is what is take personal inventory, whether it's work that you've done personally, work that you've done, um, you know, as an, an employee, or if you do have a business already in the commercial space, what are those things that you can bring that you know how to do, right? What are those things that you can bring to the space? And then what you want to do is you want to take some time, maybe a couple of weeks, focused just on this one thing, focused just on understanding what it is that the federal government is buying. And that's through studying SAM.gov a lot. Okay. And then, and then seeing where is the overlap? Where are the matches? That's once you find that that's what I recommend you move forward with. Um, so I don't say, Hey, get into this, get into that because it's different for everybody. And, um, I don't know what experience you're coming from. So for me to make a recommendation without knowing what you know, it, it would, you know, it would be kind of mis misleading. And that's the opposite of what I'm trying to do here. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, Kamal Christie, when submitting a quote, do you need to submit your company capability statement with it? Uh, if they do not ask for it? No, you do not. If they don't ask for it, you do not give that to them. That is the, the rule of proposals, guys. Um, we do not make stuff up. We do not give them fluff. We do not put stuff that we think they want to hear. We go and find what they're asking. We we use what we found to build the outline and then we fill it out and then we give it to them so that it is a mirror match. It is apples to apples. So if they're saying we're looking for this, this and this, you have this, this and this and you don't have all this other stuff because although that may be nice, it can make it harder for contracting to find this, this and this. Does that make sense? And if they can't find it, you're not going to be favorably rated or you might miss out on a rating which is going to cost you to lose a bid. And that's why a lot of um, contractors, new new writers, they just uh, they don't write winning bids because of that. Window siding and roofing. So that is uh, fairly specific, window siding and roofing. If you wanted to do a construction umbrella, Firas, uh, and have window siding, roofing, and maybe a couple of others, because that is your experience, then heck yeah, man. Like there's there's definitely opportunity in the space for that. Definitely opportunity. And you're already specific. So that gives me that much more confidence in what you're saying. Cause you wouldn't say that if you were trying to use this as a, you know, 
uh, like a side hustle or a get rich quick thing. You know, that's legitimate business. So definitely. And Erica, daily consistency in building for sure. It, that's that's what it is. Erica, you just hit some of my favorite words. Daily consistency. All right, guys. Um, yeah, 30 years doing it. No question. No question. Keep doing what you're doing. Go all in. Guys, let's go ahead and bounce into our next bid here. And I'm just, I'm super slow today. But I'm, I'm okay with that. If you guys are okay with that, it's taking us a little bit longer to get through the bids. But we also have so many amazing, amazing questions so far. So shout out to you guys with your awesome questions in the chat and the engagement. I love it. Um, I'm all for it. I'm here for it. So next, for support squadron yellow ribbon event. Army, due January 25th. Okay, it's the same due date as the one we just looked at. Getting confusing myself. Small business set aside. We have a hotel and motel next code. North Kingston, Rhode Island. And if you guys don't know anything about Yellow Ribbon, you're going to learn today because we've got a couple of them. We have two documents again, but I guarantee this document's got not going to be nearly as long as the one we just went through. We have the solicitation and the statement of work broken out separately. We have Jeff Corey and Caitlin uh, Samoz in contracting. Let's go ahead and jump in with the solicitation on this one. King of Top G's has been waiting for this. Well, it's here. <laughs> What's going on, man? You made it. So yellow ribbon event, here we go. This is okay. This is only nine pages. Okay, we just looked at the document that was 260 pages. If you guys are saying, Derek, um, I'm, I'm super scared by these solicitations because they're sometimes multiple hundreds of pages. Okay, well, we went through it really quickly, but the last bid we went through, and we certainly missed some things for sure. It would have probably taken another 10 minutes and me not talking at all to be a lot more comprehensive with it. But we, we're trying to replace the the, the fear with, with confidence um, while like doing it together. That's That's the whole point of this. Try and do this on your own. Ultimately, this is what I want you to do. Do this on your own and bring your questions. Or, you know, join bid team because I get to actually work on the stuff you're working on with you. Um, but yeah. All right, cool. So nine pages. <laughs> this is due January 25th again next week. So the uh, Quonset Air National Guard Base, Rhode Island, has a requirement for Yellow Ribbon Program event. And if you guys don't know, Yellow Ribbon is typically, um, it's Army, right? And it's supporting soldiers. It could be pre-deployment, post-deployment, but it's not just the soldiers. It's also for the families. Uh, could sometimes be for the children. It's very educational in nature so that um, there is those transitions with, with the family, okay? That's just kind of a very high high view of what we see associated with Yellow Ribbon events, okay? Uh, they're letting us know payment will be made uh, via WAF, Wide Area Workflow. 25th of February... So we don't know, I need to know the, the, the dates. I need to know the exact dates of the event. It says January, uh, February 25th here. Why are they saying January 9th? That's already passed. That must be for something else. They're saying they want one conference room, audio visual. Okay. So they're going to be doing presentations, very normal. And a lot of uh, hotels, places, they'll have a room for this. Okay. So you just use what they have. So you make sure that you select the location that is set up to, to accommodate this. 
subsistence requirements in accordance with PWS is probably going to be food, meals, you know, but we'll see. Miscellaneous event administrative costs uh, in the PWS as well, and then lodging and childcare. Okay, so this is a very full yellow ribbon. It appears it checks all the boxes. Um, but the one thing I didn't, okay, yeah, just it's going to be lodging. Um, we didn't see the number of rooms broken out yet, but we're probably going to see it. But we have, guys, we have hotel rooms, okay? We have childcare. We have subsistence, which is probably going to be food. We have conference rooms. And then we have the, the AV, the audio visual requirement as well. Pretty much all that you will ever see requested potentially at a yellow ribbon, this particular solicitation has it all. Okay, basis of award will be price alone. This is huge. Okay, we just found something extremely important. Let me repeat it. Basis of the award will be price alone. And when you guys are going through trying to do this on your own, this is something that I want you trying to find. Typically, it'll you'll you'll see words like lowest price or best value. You can even use like control F, control find to try to shortcut and find that when you're specifically looking for it. Sometimes they'll, they'll call it things a little bit different. Again, they're saying price alone. They're not saying lowest price. They're not saying best value. So if you search by that, you might not find that. This is only nine pages, so we did find it pretty quickly. So it's price alone, okay? Not past performance, not technical approach, not resumes, not that you would need it, okay? Price alone. And I'm actually interested to hear a little bit more about that because I'm still it's still going to have to be technically acceptable. Okay. Like if you didn't, if you didn't provide subsistence, right. But you were the lowest price. Well, you're not going to win because you have an incomplete quote. Okay. So it's not just price alone. It's really, it's really lowest price technically acceptable. It's really what it is, even though that's not how they're saying it. Submit questions by February 20th. They are saying award will be made to the eligible responsive offer whose offer represents the lowest price quoted. But as I said, in order for the quote to be considered eligible, it must conform to the requirements. Again, it's not just going to be $1 and you win. I mean, that would be stupid anyways. That's a stupid example. Instruction offers. Okay, this is what they want from you. This is what they want for you in your quote. You want to throw your hat in the ring. You want to try to win this. That's what instruction to offers tells us. And this is also uh, a naming convention, a nomenclature, whatever you want to call it, that is used regularly. So you can control F, control find instruction offers. Sometimes it'll pull up, sometimes it won't. Number one, this agency is exempt from federal, state, and local city taxes, right? You cannot charge the government taxes. Do not add tax to your quote, okay? If a tax exempt cert is required, to fill this quote, it will be provided upon request. And this is typically what we see. Um, you're either filling it out on behalf of your company or you are requesting the taxes I'm cert from the uh, contracting official. And then you're presenting that to the hotel because then the hotel is going to, uh, they're, they're going to need to quote you, right? But then they're going to quote you with tax because they're going to quote you like they quote every other person that comes to them. But you're going to be saying, no, I'm different. I'm a government contractor, right? Um, so you can't charge us tax. Oh, Okay. Well, we need, we need to see the tax exempt cert. Okay. So that's where that conversation comes in. Number two, quotes received later than the due date will not be considered responsive. Go figure. And then number three, must be registered in SAM. Easy, like easiest thing ever. However, 
they are saying here, you do have to fill this stuff out. Okay. You do have to fill out this, the pricing table. So they kind of left out a little bit of that, but I'm here telling you when the government gives you something to fill out, you need to fill it out. Even if they didn't spell it out for you like that. So this is only nine pages, which is why I spent so much time on that because that is the entire document. And then all we other, uh, the only thing we have is the, the statement of work, which they did reference, for example, for the subsistence, I can't talk today, for the meals. And then also, I believe there was additional administrative miscellaneous costs they referenced as well. I'm just going to do a quick scroll. This is only 10 pages, so this takes a second to get through. I'm just looking for meal breakdowns, conference space requirements, so that's helpful. Audiovisual, so they're telling you specifically six podiums, okay, wireless microphone, projector screen, ballroom, subsistence requirements. Here we go. So price of all meals inclusive of all service fees shall not um, exceed per diem rates and the proportional meal rate per the event location, okay? Um, I want to know a bit more specific though. Menus shall be determined seven days prior to the event. Meal count will be determined within three days. So how much food are, are you going to have to have the hotel prepare? Hotel's got to be okay with that. Um, three days notice. And if this is going to be some sort of catering setup, that's okay too. But they are saying the hot breakfast. Okay, so they're letting us know uh, hot breakfast to accommodate 200 people on the day of the event. And then hot lunch buffet. Okay, this this may just be one day. Okay, I was I'm still stuck on like okay, you know what, what uh, what is the range of days this event is going on? It may just be one day. Hot lunch buffet, uh, two hundred people as well. Okay, and then for children, snack, beverages, crackers, and that's all that we see. So we do not see dinner. Nope, we don't see dinner. And we don't see for multiple days. So this actually is a great example of something totally, you know, different. Literally talking about food, giving us a real missing piece that we had to this particular puzzle. There's a uh, there's the miscellaneous cost that we talked about, parking fees if those are a thing. Got to provide a U.S. flag for display in the ballroom. Okay, so you know, very simple things. They also want a dedicated AV person in case the TVs, microphones start getting feedback, screeching, the projectors aren't working. They want a dedicated person for that as well. So they're letting you price for that. Lodging, okay, 35. Uh, this actually is helpful. Provide on location for 35 room nights for individuals at the government uh, rate for the evening of February 24th and possibly they're saying and possibly 25th of February as well. In addition, they want to seven additional rooms for the uh, yellow ribbon event staff. Okay. Then we've got childcare. So provide childcare services for ages zero to five, a sufficient number of childcare service providers are required. They're not telling you how many they're telling you a sufficient number. You can do the site visit, they're saying, and that's about that's about it. So that's actually, there's a lot of good stuff there. I like that it was so comprehensive. Kind of gave you a, an exposure to all the things that you could see for an event, um, but specifically 
yellow ribbon as well. And we're going to be able to use that to compare to the next bid that we have because that is also yellow ribbon. Mo Better TV says we are absolutely okay with that. Take it easy, 100%. Appreciate it. Um, King of uh, Top Cheese, I've had a cage code for a year, did 100 quotes, but nothing closed yet. Interested to figure out what I'm missing. If you did 100 quotes over a year and you're saying, but nothing closed yet, I, I it sounds like what you're saying is you didn't win anything. I'm sure the bids the bids closed, but it sounds like you didn't win anything. I would be curious, um, anytime somebody says that they've done that many, I'm curious as to like what type of contracts you're going after because 100 is a lot. Um, and in order to do that many, typically it's products. Uh, now, I don't know if you bid on 100 service bids over a year. If you did, that's another conversation. Um, but I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't think that you did. Um, and the thing is with products, it is, it is like being on the rat wheel. It is a race to the bottom. Um, it's extremely competitive. You don't know who you're going up against. Um, you're even on going on websites like Unison, uh, potentially Dibs. So these kind of offshoot, not offshoots, but these other platforms besides Sam.gov, um, which also just makes it that much more difficult. You want to make sure that you're trying to get feedback also. Uh, you want to know what you're doing wrong. Um, the award is is always posted publicly. So you, of course, you want to be comparing your pricing to what the award of price was. And that should be giving you a lot of feedback. If you if you did 100 bids last year and you didn't win anything, there's definitely something wrong. Um, so you want to make sure that your price is at least close because you should be winning some if you're at least close compared to what was being awarded. If you're just way off, then that's going to let you know that you're way off on your pricing. If your pricing is, is close, then we need to look at your what you're submitting, your proposal piece. Are your bids even being reviewed? Are they being thrown up? Because a lot, a lot of contractors, they bid a lot and contracting doesn't even look at their bid. And the reason they don't look at their bid is because they were not compliant. So the next piece you have to be looking at and, and trying to be a student of is, am I submitting com compliant bids? Because your pricing may be close and you didn't win, but you may not even known that your bid was thrown out. And I don't know if that's the case or not, but if you did that many, there's got to be some major piece missing if you're not winning at that rate. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm only on Unison. Okay, that, I would say get off Unison. Like that's that's number one. Unison, it's a reverse auction. It's a reverse auction. You don't know who you're competing with. Uh, a lot of these could be going direct, um, even if they are small business set aside on Unison. You could just not be standing a chance. I would just recommend... All that effort you put in, I would recommend getting off Unison and just go to Sam. You're not you're not going to be able to go after as many, but even at those numbers you hit, you should have won at least five or six bids last year. Okay, at those numbers on Sam, you should at least have won five or six. So, it sounds like the effort is there because those are some crazy numbers. Uh, we just got to get you dialed in and keep doing the same amount of effort, but, but get it dialed in. So that it's working more for you. Uh, Camille Christie, how long after solicitation closes, do you recommend following up with, with procurement uh, with questions? So it depends on what questions, um, questions like was an award made yet? Uh, that's okay. And I usually recommend um, an average of two weeks, 
but it really, really, uh, there's a, there's a big grain of salt. It depends on how large the requirement is. Some of, some of these requirements, it can take months and months for procurement to, to go through and do the evaluations. The larger the bid, typically the longer it's going to take. Also the more competition, the longer it's typically going to take. Okay. So you want to take that as a grain of salt. Um, if it just, if you just know it's going to be months and months, I would not submit questions after two weeks, but if it was something say, you know, maybe even up to a couple million, uh, certainly under a million dollars, and you don't think it was overly competitive and your proposal response was not insanely technical, like requiring weeks or months to put together. If it was something you, you were able to put your bid together and say like a week or 10 days, something like that, then I think you kind of get where I'm going with this. And I think two weeks is enough time to do the follow-up. Again, though, lastly, it depends on what type of questions you're asking. If you're asking for a debrief, if, if you're asking if the award has been made, uh, that's kind of one group of questions. But if you're asking questions about like the proposal and stuff, uh, obviously you wouldn't be allowed to do that after the due date had closed. So I just want to, I don't want to make assumptions there either. My guess is that's not what you're talking about because it's a, it's an intelligent question. King of top cheese. I want to join your group. I'll get in. Yeah. I mean, we have bid team. This is what we do. We, we focus on bids uh, and we have a, a secure portal where you submit um, the bids you're working on. If you want to review those, I have a speed reader worksheet that you got to fill out that way. Um, I can look at that too. And we go through it live on calls. I mean, I do this twice a week on bid team. Uh, and then the same with your responses. Like, let me look at it before you have a contracting officer look at it, right? That way you're always, there's always going to be tweaks with my bid team members. There's always little things. And sometimes it's pricing, but a lot of times it's just proposal stuff or compliance stuff that we look at. So it, it's an investment, but if it's something you're serious about, it sounds like it is, then um, that is why we've created this solution for people who are are serious. They're taking it serious and they, they want to go next level with it. Yeah, it, it is. All the guidance, everything is dedicated, then 100%. MMIS, uh, MMIMS, I've been subscribed to your channel for two months. Love it. Just got our cage code. Congrats. That is actually huge because it's taking so long. Last week, you got it. And, and by far, you give out truthful information and you give great insight to the puzzle pieces. Hey, I appreciate that so much. And I'm just so happy that it helps. I'm truly blessed to be able to serve. Honestly, guys, I try to give out, I try to make my free stuff. I hate even saying that that way because this is just more like a community thing that I enjoy doing, but I try to give out stuff that can actually help you. Um, and I just try to be really clear and transparent with that. And, and there's really no greater compliment than to get that validation. So thank you very much. Thank you, Kings of Top Cheese. Uh, ho ho hopefully, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I try, I'm trying to do some good here for sure. Mo Better TV Top Notch Training. It's beyond helpful to me. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you guys. Um, smash the like button if you guys are liking it, getting some uh, some value today. Let's try and get that YouTube al algorithm uh, to get us trending some more or whatever. Get, get some likes. Uh, Kamel Christie with questions for the quote. Yeah, yeah. So if you're asking specific questions about the quote, you can't ask questions after the, the, the deadline is closed. And furthermore, there's usually a another 
I mean, there is, there's a response date for the questions too, which is before the proposal deadline. So when, when you're submitting questions for contracting, you have to make sure that you're doing that before the question and answer due date is here. Okay. See, Coco, from what I understand from your videos, you have to perform a certain percentage of the work. How do you determine how much you have to meet that? Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about legal middlemanning. We haven't touched on it at all today, but it is a huge thing. Um, guys, I, I, next Wednesday, I'm doing a live legal middleman training. If you want to check it out, uh, I don't even think I have the link handy, but if you just go, if you, I should just grab it. I mean, I'm not, I'm trying to not like overly promote it. Can I grab it? Yeah, I will. I'll grab it. Hang on. Okay, here's the situation. One second. Is it going to let me? Okay, no, it's it's being funny. I don't want to mess up my my tabs and stuff like that. Um, but just go to like last week's live. It's in the description of the video. I don't want to overly promote it anyways because it's it's the first one of these that I've done. So I don't want too many people showing up for it. It's going to be 7 uh, p.m. next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. We're going to go for about an hour and a half. It's going to be the Legal Middleman Masterclass. So we're going to talk all about this stuff. So um, again, just grab that link from one of my recent videos. I, I, I put it on all my videos yesterday. So uh, it's it's it'll say save your seat and uh, it'll be like a little gift button because it's it's a free training. And yeah, check that out. Yeah, it's 7 p.m. next Wednesday for sure. KW sending thanks to you. So much good info and gems you put out to help others. Hey, I mean, you want you won the contract. Uh, KW guys, if you just joined, KW won a contract um, for uh, ice and snow removal services, which is awesome. And, and I'm so glad that it helps. I'm so glad that it helps. Waiting for my cage code, getting set up as STVOSB. Let's go. Trying to take it all in. I think it will make more sense when I'm actively. It, it is like watching this stuff. If you're watching the lives or you're watching past videos, maybe even listening on podcasts, something like that it gets you to one level of learning. And this is how it always goes just in every area of life, it seems. But then when you actually get in the game and it, it kind of, it's that thing where it's like, oh, it's harder than it looks, right? And that's where the real learning and the real training kicks in. And, and that's why we do these live so that the goal is for you guys to go out there, start doing this. I mean, get your cage codes and all that, but jump in the deep end of the pool, start bidding. And then, um, you know, we can answer some high level questions along the way so that you're not getting stuck. And then that's why we have, you know, bid team as well. If you're wanting more hands-on and you're like really, really doing this, um, you know, we can support you at that level as well. IE says, you don't recommend unison. It's just not, it's not great. I, I if you're in procurement and that's all you want to do, it's okay. But if you're ever wanting to get to services, if that's like your end goal, I, what I see a lot of people do is, oh, I'm going to go on unison to build past performance. And then I'm going to jump over. And I've even said in, in the past that it's okay to do that. And it, it is okay, but you have to be able to win. So if you're spending a lot of effort and you're not winning, and it's just to gain past performance, that then is not even going to be relevant past performance anyways, then it's kind of, it's kind of bad because supplying power washing machines to the army and then going to bid on services 
And if they ask for past performance and you're going to say, I provided power washing machines and this is a services bid, whether it's staffing or janitorial or something, they're going to say that is not relevant and that past performance is not going to be rated anyways. Right. Um, what, but what it does do and kind of what I spoke to just in past in the past, if anybody were to ever quote me, what I have said is it just kind of if you're that scared and you're that apprehensive to like trying to put together even simple proposals that you will come up against on Sam, which it's really not that bad. But if you're that against doing all that, it, it'll just give you a little bit more confidence, like a confidence booster. Uh, it'll, you know, you'll be invoicing and taking payment. So it may kind of get you set up an invoicing system so it can help with that. And then you bring that to the services, but everything else, it's, it's going to still be here waiting for you. So for most people, I recommend you just kind of tackle it head on because it's just the, it's never going to go away. So I would rather you just, you know, do the hard work, you know, and, and just, just like do it, jump in the deep end of the pool and learn to swim that way. All right, guys, I'm trying to keep myself on a time limit here. I don't think there's any way I'm going to get through all these bids. Um, I'm going to go on to the next. Uh, we're going to do one more bid. We're going to do this for strong bonds event, and then we'll come back and uh, we'll, we'll do some more chat when we come back, okay? I just want to try and keep myself to some sort of schedule here. So our next bid is strong bonds event, March 2023. I told you we're looking at different... Uh, hotel lodging accommodation contracts today. Aside from that very first one, uh, this is due February 2nd. So we do have some time on this small business set aside for travel agencies. And this is out of Wisconsin. See, this is coming back to who's, who was saying it. And I don't know, again, I'm still not hundred percent clear, but for uh, Camille Christie, there is a question deadline. So the questions are due January 26th, but the, the quote, the bid is not due till February 2nd. So for questions related to the bid, which I think you did clarify, those questions are due by the 26th, not after you submit the bid. In terms of documents, we have two again. We've got the solicitation and then a number, another PWS. So we will deep dive into the solicitation. First one was what, 260 pages. The last one was nine. This one is 11. So what a difference. This is a request for quote going to be, you know, super straightforward. Looks like they're looking for one number only. Just one pricing, CLIN, CLIN 001. Just one unit price. Quantity is going to be one. And then the total price for the Strong Bonds event, March 16th through 18th. And that was the range that I was looking for in the last one that I kept saying that I didn't get to see. Let me zoom in a bit, bit more here for you. Um, we do have that range here for this one, March 16th, 17th, and 18th. So three day, they are saying you gotta be registered in SAM. Award will be based on all or none. So you have to, I guess what I was gonna say doesn't, I was gonna say you have to, you have to quote everything in here but there's only like one thing to quote. So all or none, technically acceptable item. Okay. We, this is not, this is not typical jargon that the government would use. It still reads to me, lowest price, technically acceptable, 
but I would I wouldn't be able to hundred percent back that up because they're saying all or none. Okay, they are saying technically acceptable. So let's just see. Let's just see what other pieces we find. We do have okay instruction offers here. They're telling you to okay submit electronic copy. Your your prices must be held firm for sixty days. Okay, and usually you want to put that as a statement if you are doing some sort of proposal bid and you're not just filling out pricing claims. Late submissions will not be uh, accepted. Questions are due. And then you must complete the vendor offer information and the vendor tables at the end of this quote. Now evaluation, okay. The government will award a contract resulting from this based on what's more at most advantageous to the government, price and other factors considered. The following factors will be used. Technical acceptability and price, go figure. This is where they go on to tell us, I was 90% before, but now I'll be 100% after this. The government will award a FFP contract to the lowest price acceptable offer. Okay, offers will be determined technically acceptable if all items required are met. Okay, lowest price. We have our regulations. And that's about it, okay? Oh, wait, this is the, at the end of the, the quote they said, this is what you have to fill out. So you're gonna have to fill this out with your, with your filling out of this pricing table. Okay. And then we just had a PWS. We really don't know. We didn't see because the price, this pricing did not break it out. They did not tell us the price for AV. They did not tell us the price for subsidence. Like the last one we looked at guys, every bid is different. We got to put these pieces together. This is a skill that you need to develop because otherwise you're going to be doing this on your own and you're going to be like, Oh, this new one I'm looking at is not the same as the last one I looked at, or it's this isn't what it looks like when when Derek did it. Well, every bit is different. That's why we look at all all different types of industries, all different types of small business contracts. Because the more that you guys can start to build up these different buckets, you you are going to start to see repetition. I promise. I promise. Even though they're different, you are going to start to see a lot of repetition. It's a lot of repetition for me. There's not a lot nowadays that I haven't seen before. Although there is still some, my eyes are like, my contacts are going crazy right now. So it looks like I'm crying. That's, uh, all right. I'm good. I'm good. But yeah, anyways, that's like, that's the goal. That's, that's one of the goals here as well. So since they did not tell us, that's what we're looking for. Again, what is this? This is the statement of work, the PWS. This is just a separate attachment like the other ones. And now we're looking to see since they only gave us, where is it? Did I close it out? Here it is. Since they only said, hey, just give me a price for the event. Okay. Give me one price for three days, 16, 17, and 18. Uh, okay. Like what goes into that price? I have no clue. And that's what you should be thinking as well. So we're coming to the statement of work to try and get a clue. The number of attendees will range up to 42. Okay. The last one was 200. Remember? Cause we, and we found that. How did we find that on the last one? Cause it said 200 meals for breakfast. So these little clues, they tell us a lot. Proposed locations, Door Country, Wisconsin, Green Bay, Wisconsin. So two different zip codes are saying within the zip code of these two different areas. So it sounds like you could propose or the government's proposing and they're, they're telling you pick one is really what this interprets to be. 
So it's two nights, three days, two nights. We know that. And the number of rooms per night, 21 max. Okay. And this is a strong bonds event. And you can see kind of the, the math that contracting is doing because they're saying it's 21 rooms. But what did they say? Up to 42 individuals. So 21 times two because it's couples. It's strong bonds. That's what strong bonds is. If you don't know, it's couples. Uh, so they're saying really 21 couples, which is going to be 42 individuals. And that's why it's 21 rooms. So this narrative, this story, just by looking at these numbers, is really um, making a lot of sense here. Conference space. So they're talking about conference space. So we need conference space. Audiovisual. We need audiovisual. Meals. The hotel is responsible for providing the meals during the event and must remain at or under the cost of per diem. Same as last time. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner for this. Okay. But they just want it to be on site. Pick a hotel that has it. And if you, of course, you want to go through these. These details matter. Okay. And if you're going to do a short proposal, this is what you want to reflect. You want to reflect some of these details. If you're going to do like a three-page write-up to this, that you get this information from the hotel. And then you you compile it in a, communi in a communication through your technical approach in a proposal, if that's what you're going to do for this one. And you're going to reflect some of these specific things like we will, you know, the hotel provides dinner that will consist of a main entree. There will be side dishes, dessert, and non-alcohol beverages. Okay. This is going to give a contracting confidence that the event is going to be supported in the way that it needs support because the government is using, if you haven't gathered today, the government is using these events to do their own thing. You know, they're going to come in to the conference rooms. They're going to use the audiovisual to talk about the education, to talk about the transitions, whatever it is they're, they're doing. Um, this stuff should go off without a hitch, but you're the guy, you're the gal that should make this all go off without a hitch. And you sharing these details and say a two or three page um, reflective response is going to let contracting know, okay, this location, this contractor is giving us exactly what we need so that we essentially can you know, perform the mission that we need to perform. That's your goal. You want to give them a lot of confidence and that's through these details. Okay. So that's kind of it for that one. A lot of the stuff we've looked at before is repeat, but uh, I just wanted to kind of show off that it is different too in the terms of pricing. Cause they just want a one number on that guys. Um, we got a lot of comments, questions. So if I, if I miss you, I, I apologize. I try to do my best, but if there is something super important and I do miss it, just, just repeat it. Um, cause we are about at time now. So that, that'll be the last bid that we go after, but I'm going to spend a few more minutes here to try to get caught up, uh, in the chat before we, we end it. Okay. And if you guys like this, so if you like the, the training today, please smash the like button as well and consider subscribing. If you're watching this and you're not subscribed, um, this way you can bring your questions on future live and we can add some value to you. Innovative uh, nationwide solutions. How competitive will this yellow ribbon event be since it's not a complicated bid? Um, it depends. Uh, there's really no way that I, I could know. Um, if you do go on a website, fpds.gov, and say you typed in like a, a previous award number, you could see how many offers were received on a particular award. So whether, you know, between doing that or doing a FOIA, those are really the only two affirmative ways to know exactly what the competitive uh pressure was and that's after the fact so going into it there's just no way to know because even you know even companies that think they're bidding on it may end up backing out for whatever reason 
you may expect five to 10 responses. I certainly don't think it would be more than 20. I would be surprised to see 15. So maybe like five to a dozen, maybe, you know, and this, I shouldn't even be answering this because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to be wrong, but five, five to a dozen, my internal compass doesn't feel bad about that in terms of responses. Mo better TV. I'm looking to, uh, I'm going to look into the bid program because I seem, uh, like a more direct path to actually winning bids. The support would be phenomenal. That is the goal. Um, we, there's only one thing we do. We don't, we don't help you get registered on Sam. We don't help you go and market your business. We don't spend time on like source of thought notices or capability statements. We do have all the templates that you may have seen on the website, uh, that are all available to bid team members, but we just don't spend any time on it. Um, we spend time on, on the bidding process and that's how we, that's how we win contracts. It's really backing up from the one thing that you can't avoid. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people in the space that try to teach this stuff. And I'm so glad that there's a number of us in the space that are trying to do it. But unfortunately, I believe too much time gets spent on shiny objects or things that are not actually going to get you to win a contract. Okay. My goal is to get you to win. And, and even that is difficult. I'm not saying that's easy. I'm saying that's potentially requires such amount of work and time commitment that we don't have time to spend on those other things right now. So if you're trying to win that, that's why we focus on, on the bidding process. You're giving out a plethora of information, uh, promote your business for sure. I, I just, it's, I don't like to be scammy. I really am here to help. Uh, and, and, but that is what we offer. We offer additional help and that's what it is. Definitely, definitely. Um, IE was saying, uh, but can you use your subs pass performance according to the FAR? 100%, you absolutely can and you absolutely should. Um, the comment may have been referenced to uh, when we were talking previously about the 100 bids and a lot of those may be being on like unison and procurement. I think that's what this was response in response to, if I remember correctly. So that's kind of to my point, actually. If that's the case, then why try to gain non-relevant past performance going after products if your end goal is to be in services? Just get in services and use your subcontractor's past performance when you're able to. You know what I'm saying? That that is exactly to the point. And that's part of the, the legal middleman method, right? That's that's how you legally do that. You do have things in the FAR, as you've cited, that you can work on to your advantage as a new, you know, GovCon small business. So that that's a hundred percent. That's exactly what I'm saying. Um how competitive will this bid be since it's not complicated? Okay, I think we just answered that one. We got Jamsat Solutions LLC, 100 times 1,000. <laughs> got it. Sheldon, multitasking, listening to you and negotiating via text with subs. Winning. Love it, Sheldon. Sheldon is actually getting some work done today. Um, that's actually awesome, man. And yes, you, you should always negotiate with your subs. Subs is a... And that's it's also something we're going to be talking about next Wednesday um, on the live training there's the legal middleman method, but you have to work with subcontractors in a way where you don't essentially where you don't get screwed. Right. So that, that's something that is hugely important. I'm, I'm glad 
that Sheldon mentioned that. Awesome. MMIMS.govcon just registered for the, the middleman class. So I've got two. So we have the, the master class, which is kind of like a course. It's, it's amazing. And we've gotten so much positive feedback on the course. Um, I've decided to turn it into like, a, I'm, I'm going to be doing a live event next Wednesday on it. So just make sure that you're, you're doing the live event one. You, you would know the difference because there are still links out there for the, the original masterclass, which is still awesome. That's, that's why I'm, I'm going deeper into this stuff because we had such a, a positive and, and huge reaction, quite frankly, to it. I don't see a bike in this live stream. <laughs> oh man. All right. We've, we've got Tony, a, a good buddy from, from high school uh, in the chat. What's going on, man? Glad that you actually made it. And the, the bike will be tomorrow. So <laughs> no worries there. Oh, that's awesome. I was like, I don't see a bike either. Wait, uh, Camille Christie, how many solicitations do you recommend one should bid on for the year in order to try to win a contract in SAM? That's a great question. My recommendation is to shoot for two contracts per month. And remember, guys, I'm all in on SAM. So everything I say, you have to take it through the proper channel, through the proper lens. Um, so I, I'm all on, on Sam. So I'm speaking to Sam, but then also service contracts. So when I say this, I'm saying two service contracts because you could do more product and procurement stuff. And if you're going to do that, or you're going to do a mix then, and if you can bump up the numbers, then you should, you know, then you should, but you, you always want to do quality over quantity. Playing the numbers game does not mean just throwing whatever piece of crap spaghetti at the wall. You can to see what sticks. Okay. Fundamentally, it is still seeing what what you can win, what sticks, and then you double down on that once that happens. But it has to pass the quality test first because we don't want to waste our time. Most of you guys, your small business teams of one, two, and three, just as I said, you don't have the luxury of time to invest in chasing like chasing shiny objects or um, spending 100% of your time trying to market your business when you haven't even learned how to bid on contracts. You're going to look back 12, 18 months, and you're not going to have one, one anything, right? So I'm recommending to shoot for two a month that puts you around 20 to 25 a year. And if you, if you hit those numbers, you should be winning a couple, you should be winning a couple of contracts. You could win more, you could win less, but the law of averages is a five to 10% win ratio starting out. It's more like 5%, which is why we try to get to, to 20 submissions over the year. So do a couple a month. Okay. Let's not make it complicated. A couple of quality ones a month. You should be winning one, if not several, over a period of a year. That is what we teach on bid team. We go into a lot more depth than that. Also, how to improve on each and every bid because it's not just, again, playing the numbers. Every bid should be improving. So that if you're not improving and, you know, for example, if you're doing 100, but you're making the same mistakes over and over, that doesn't count. So you still have to keep improving. And there's certain things that we teach to do that as well. That's a, it's a great question. Thank you for your insight. And I know each bid is different. It definitely, definitely is. Um, <laughs> yeah, no guys, I'm, I'm good with typos. I make typos all the time. So you are, you are good to go. Um, I think I'm, I'm caught up. I apologize if I missed anybody. African empowerment network. I recently registered, got my cage code. Where'd I go from there? If you're asking me, you got your cage code you start building out a prospecting system in SAM, finding bids that are going to be a close match for your business. And then you get started learning how to bid. Okay. You, and that process is what 
You learn how to read the solicitation, okay? And also read for what is required in a response. Next, you learn how to outline a response. After you outline the response, you get your pricing going, whether that's gonna be you or you're gonna be working with a sub, you need to get that cooking too. But then after that, you actually do your proposal. How do you do your proposal? You basically flesh out the outline you did in step two. Then after that, you, you learn how to do a formal review and submission of your compliant offer to contracting. So those are the five steps that we, we also teach in bid team. But um, like, is there anything else better to do, right? Once you've got like a prospecting system dialed in, again, you're finding bids that are a close match. And then you have, I kind of skipped it, but you have your qualifying system. We're big on systems. You have a systematic approach, right? To qualifying the bids from the no bids, okay? So your prospecting system, uh, African Empowerment Network, this is what you want to do. You want to set up your saved searches. You want to dial those in on SAM so that you're getting fed bids every day. Okay, that is a key outcome. Okay, don't, don't do anything until you moved on from that. Bids coming in, saved searches, bids that are a close match for your business. Might take you a week or two to do that if you do it right. Okay, and then no, it's never, it's never going to be 100%. So you're always going to have to come back and dial it a little bit. System one, system two, qualifying system. Okay. Okay, Derek, I've got this conveyor belt that's feeding me. I just have this mental image all the time of these bids on a conveyor. They're just falling off into a pile, right? This pile keeps getting bigger and bigger. So you've got to have a system, a process for dealing with that. And that's called your qualifying system. This is the second system that you need. And that is a way for sorting uh, from the bids and the no bids. So the, the good ones from the bad ones, the ones you want to spend time on, the one you want to invest your precious time on, time is money, and the ones that you don't want to, right? So really you want to, have some parameters to say, nope, this isn't good. Like some quick trip trip wires. Nope, this one's due in two days, don't have enough time. This one's the wrong set aside, right? This one's too long and complicated, okay? Things like that, some easy ones to narrow down that pile so that you have a small pile of bids that you wanna go after. And then you go into those five steps of actually bidding on the contract, reading, outlining, pricing, uh, proposal writing, and then review and submission got to be good at doing all of that. Okay. I just gave you a year's worth of work to do. And this is for everybody. And it's a great question. And it's a very common question. What else better is there to do besides that? If I think of something, I will add it. But as of right now, being in the space for nine years, um, and just interacting with so many individuals, working with so many different individuals, having my own personal experience working and working with through joint ventures and companies I used to work for, this is the best advice for you. If you want to win contracts and you want to do this long-term hit the rewind button, everything I just said, that is what you need to focus on. And it is consequently the exact training that we take you through in, in bid team as well. Like that's literally how the structure is laid out. So there's just no wasting your time. There's no fluff. There's no BS. It's just like, let's get to business and do stuff that matters. Um, and like, how can you quickly, quickest possibly get to the point you're trying to go. All right, guys, I think, I think we're going to call it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, I think we're caught up. Um, thank you so much. This was, this was a lot of fun. We will be back next week with our next training. Um, Sam Deck of Bids live training, but uh, like I said, the link is out there as well. If you want to join us at seven o'clock Wednesday night, uh, we're doing the first live training for the legal middleman um, method. And we're going to be talking about FAR. We're going to be talking about the regulations. We're going to be talking about working with subcontractors as well. So if you're looking at middlemanning, I know it's just huge in the space. It's the number one thing. It's my job to set you straight on what you can do, what you can't do. 
And I also want to break a couple of hearts uh, by design. If, if there's new people that are coming into this, just wanting to do this as a side hustle or get rich quick, um, I, I kind of want to correct you on that. So uh, there's going to be a lot of value. I definitely recommend attending if you're new and you're going to be leaving that with a lot of information. Um, definitely some next steps a much more fundamental understanding. And you're going to, you're going to know, like you're definitely going to know how to do this the right way or the wrong way. If you're looking at middlemaning and um, I am going to do kind of like a shameless plug at the end, I've got a really, really sick uh, discount I'm going to be offering for, um, for one of our products at the end. And you know, the, the trading is value in itself. So you certainly don't have to, but I will be making the offer at the end of that for anybody who's looking for resources. It's going to be like the best deal I've ever made. So um, that's what we got. That's what next Wednesday night that in all transparency that what we've got going on. <clears throat> awesome. Mo better TV. We got C Coca Camille Christie. We will definitely join the bid team. Awesome. Def definitely. Yeah. Camille, um, guys, what I will do before I let you go support at govkidmethod.com. If you are on today, you're live or you're watching it on replay. Um, if you are, if you are interested, you're saying you want to learn more about bid team. Um, you do have to have your cage code. So make sure you have your cage code first, because otherwise we can't really do stuff together. Um, if it's in process, we can work with you. Just let me know. Email support at GovKidMethod and uh, we can get you in touch with a real person and get you on a call. Uh, all that sort of good stuff. I don't want you trying to be, like, be on the website, trying to figure this stuff out. Just just talk to a real human, speak with a member of my team and we'll see like if it's a good fit and when you can start. So that is that's it. All right, guys, officially we'll call it. Great session. Smash the like button. Subscribe if you haven't. Thanks for hanging out. Hopefully you got a lot of value today. And we will see you next week with the couple of trainings that we've got going on. So it's going to be an exciting week. See you guys then. Take care.